often the person that we're judging most is ourselves. And sometimes I found that person that we're the most unkind to or the least compassionate with is actually ourselves. And so noticing when we're judging, how is that a reflection of what's actually happening inside of me or some outdated belief system? Welcome back, everybody, to Transform Your Tomorrow. I'm your host, Ryan Lehman, and we have such a great podcast to bring you today. I had the pleasure of connecting with Leanne Morgan the other week, and during that call, found so much wisdom in what she had to say, and I knew I had to bring her on. So Leanne is a professional coach and mindfulness teacher. She has studied and practiced mindfulness and the healing arts for 30 years, alongside a demanding corporate career. Her career included being the CEO of a marketing agency and a managing director at one of the world's largest consulting firms. For a good portion of her career, she grappled with a grueling ambition and compulsive doing in life that led to bouts of burnout until she had a series of breakthroughs, which she attributes to doing deep, deep work with mindfulness. She is also a wife, mother, sister, cat mom, and biracial person of color, and goes by the pronouns she and her. Welcome, Leanne. Hi, Ryan. It's good to be here with you today. Yeah, thank you so much. And I appreciate you coming on. And how how's your day going? I just love to just hear about that just in general, just first off the bat. It's been great. I got up and did my meditation sitting this morning and, um, you know, did a little bit of preparation for meeting you today. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to our conversation. Oh, that's so great. So I found I found your 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 background so interesting when we spoke because you've been through this the grind of the the corporate life and I think a lot of our listeners are in that spot right now where they're either a a owner or a founder or just a W2 employee in corporate America and they they hear stuff like, "Oh, to get out of some of this this burnout phase, maybe I should try to meditate like for 2 hours." And and I know that we talked about this before, but these these pieces of advice although great, are sometimes really hard to be practical. So I'd love for today for us to dive into some of the tips that you found, because in my opinion, the background that you have, it seems so crazy how you were able to switch over to this like mindfulness state and, and practice different types of gratitude and being present and, and meditation. So I'd love to maybe just jump in and we can start with like defining mindfulness, the benefits. And I know we talked about two different types of practice, the formal and informal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think when I think of mindfulness, it's not either or. I'm not a corporate person or a mindful person, but that I can actually be both. So when I define mindfulness, I think about it as being present to the moment, to the experiences that I'm actually having in the moment. I'm sitting here speaking with you right now. Am I aware is most of me here with you. And it's really acknowledging and accepting what's here in the moment. So uh, let's see, I feel just a little bit nervous. I feel excited to be here with you. Do I feel it in my body? Do I, you know, can I, am I observing the thoughts and the emotions um, that are here? So how do I be present to what's happening in the moment without judging it? you know, pushing it away or grasping for more, just accepting what's here. Oh, I love that. That judgment part, I think, is so important because, I mean, the act of recognizing already is is really tough for people. But then going about and saying, oh, I'm feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? Because I feel like maybe this is a toxic thought. It could be so harmful sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. And notice oftentimes when we're judging that there is a mirror there and that often the person that we're judging most is ourselves. Um, and sometimes I found that we, the, the person that we're the most unkind to, or the least compassionate with is actually ourselves. And so noticing when we're judging, how is that a reflection of what's actually happening inside of me or some outdated belief system? Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm wondering for you, when you started going into these different types of practices, what were like the biggest benefits that you kind of saw that led you to say, okay, let me continue down this path instead of, okay, this is a bunch of mumbo jumbo stuff. I don't know if I can continue down this. I got, I got work to do. Yeah. And there's definitely that. And, and it's important to know when there's work that just needs to be done, right. And allowing mm-hmm. all of the critters that show up in my inner world to, to get that work done the way that I know how to get it done. There's a, there's a time and a place for that. So again, it's not this either or I'm mindful or I'm doing work, but there's time for both. And and it can be a yes and as opposed to an either or because the mind loves black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I think the benefits is that, you know, we grow our presence and how often when we're, you know, going for the next promotion or getting ready to do public speaking or, you know, whatever it is that we need to get done. Do we hear or get feedback from people about, you know, can you develop your presence a little more? And what does that really mean? And when we develop our presence through mindfulness, it kind of gives us this greater capacity to hold more in the present moment. Can I be with the yes that's happening in my system and the no, the resistance in my system? And can there just be something that's watching that occurrence? So I'm, ta- I'm taking it in. And what happens is when I can see both the yes and the no in my system, and there's some spaciousness there, I can actually choose how to respond as opposed to reacting out of old behaviors and patterns. And so it creates a sort of spaciousness and a sense of well-being with the moment, even though we may or may not like what's happening, um, what we perceive is happening to us. Wow, I really like how you, you how you define that because I've been noticing recently where a lot of times when someone cuts you off in traffic, you have this thought of like, are you kidding me? And if you can recognize that thought and say, okay, like let me not just like, you know, do something terrible to them on the road and just like wait a few minutes and say, okay, is it actually the end of the world that they did this? Yes, I, maybe it wasn't right, but for all you know, they could have been going to the hospital for some reason and they had to get there like right away. So I love the way that you put that. Yeah, it's interesting, Ryan. I think that's a really interesting example, right? Because one of the things when I'm working with my clients is um, helping people understand exactly what you just said, basically. Mm -hmm. And that is that everyday life can be our teacher. And so what shows up in any given moment and what causes that little bit of friction in my system, that thing that rubs some part of me the wrong way is a teacher. And, and in that case, what I'm learning in as I'm driving and trying to, you know, bob in and out of traffic or get to the parking space first, whatever it is, is my relationship to patients. And so if I'm out of relationship with patients, it might turn into a little bit of road rage or racing somebody off of the red light or trying to get somewhere faster. 
can I see that the driver of the vehicle in front of me is actually can be if I if I can get into relationship and remember, right, that I'm working on patients, I've made an intention to work on patients. Can I actually work with it in that moment and see that um, I'd like the world to conform to the fact that I'd like a freeway that's free of cars so I can drive at the speed. It's, <laughs> however, it's unlikely that that's going to happen. And so how can I be present to that and accept what's happening in the moment? And that acceptance includes accepting that I'm an impatient person in that moment, that I have parts huh. that are impatient in that moment. And self-acceptance is really the way through to self-compassion. And when we can have, uh, when we see impatience arise in ourselves, and we can acknowledge, I have parts that are impatient and I recognize that and I allow that to be there and I feel what that feels like, I can do a little bit of investigation. You know, what's the belief system that sits behind all of this impatience, however it manifests, right? And sometimes it manifests as, you know, fidgeting or talking quickly or interrupting people. There's all sorts of ways that impatience manifests. Can I look at the belief system behind that and just explore it? Don't give it any extra meaning. Just what do I believe in this moment? Oh, the world should conform to the way that I want it to be. Oh, is that a, does that seem a little self-absorbed maybe, <laughs> right? And just notice it without judging it, right? I don't have to fire that second arrow that's like, oh, and, and, and because I couldn't do that, I'm a bad person and all of that. Can I just notice? Because when I notice it in myself, it actually begins to nurture patience. And then when I see impatience or I'm at the end of somebody else's impatience, I have more tolerance for that. And wow. over time, I cultivate a sense of patience. And maybe I work with it in driving first. A great exercise is to drive behind. Just make an agreement with yourself on a day where you might have a little bit of time to take 10, 15, 20 minutes if you're adventurous and drive in the right-hand lane to the place that you're going behind the slow drivers, the ones that need to stop before they turn right, and just work, intentionally work with patience and seeing what arises. Noticing, allowing, doing a little bit of investigation, and then nurturing that part of you. What does it need? Is a deep breath good enough? Does it need to investigate the belief a little more? And um, when we're present to it, it's often, it's often when we find things shift for us. That time aspect, I feel like is really important because when I'm doing something super quick or I have so many things that are lined up, I tend to be a lot more impatient because I have so many things to get to. And when I have a Sunday that I have nothing to do and, and I'm driving, I'll let a hundred cars go before me. I'll be so patient. I'll be so kind because I don't necessarily have anything planned. And I always tell myself when I'm doing something where there's a time crunch, I'm not going to be as patient because there'll be times where I'm not. And I, I won't be as forgiving right now because I really have stuff to do. And I feel like that's kind of like a cop-out answer of like, you'll always be crunching more and more stuff. And and I think with technology today, people are, are putting so much on their calendar and making sure like every slot is filled. There's so many podcasts and YouTube channels about being productive, how to like boost productivity and get the most out of a day. And because of that, our time 
it gets shorter and shorter, I feel like. So I'm curious of your thoughts. Like I loved the idea of like driving on like the right hand side of the lane and like being okay, being present and letting people kind of pass you saying, you know what, this, this is okay. Recognizing that when something happens, you might be impatient and, and that's okay. I'd love to hear some other tips that you've kind of found where maybe at work where you're feeling stressed out or burned out that you kind of use in your life that can, that helps you. Yeah. I think it's that's a super big question and maybe if I sort of zoom out for a moment to the bigger yeah. picture, notice the state of the conditioning that we grow up in, right? And and to your point about there being a lot of podcasts and things that talk about how to get more done. Where does that come from? And we rarely mm. question it, right? We we just it's the way that we're raised. Um we're supposed to get good grades, we're Look at all of the advertising and marketing today and the messages that we receive in that. A lot of our worth is derived through doing and doing compulsive doing. And you might think of this as taking too much on, let's say, having the need to care for others or take care of responsibilities maybe that aren't really mine to take care of, trying to make everybody happy, right? There's people, I'll be happy when everybody's happy. Look at the burden of doing that I'm taking on when I have that belief. And so oftentimes the work with that is exploring where in us is taking on things that we don't need to take on. And what are the belief systems, again, that sit behind that? And we may find a sense of self-importance, like I derive importance from doing, you know, the 10 extra things in the day. It could be perfectionism and trying to control outcomes, which are completely uncontrollable and out of our hands. It could be trying to please others, right? Um, if we think about some of the belief systems behind our society, you know, more is better. How does that drive behavior, yeah. right? Um, I'm not good enough. I mean, that that's endemic in our society, well, what does that attract? It attracts a lot of extra doing, right? I've got to get things perfect. I can't fail. We have a fear of time in our society and the um, unknown, right? And so how am I, how does my doing, how is the fear of the unknown fueling my doing? The, the 10 extra things, just in case, just in case, just in case, just in case. And so we're really looking for ways, again, to recognize, allow the feelings that emerge with that often anxiety, very prevalent in our society. How do I investigate that gently and with compassion? Again, not judging myself for it or judging others for it. And then what do I need to do um, in terms of myself to nurture that part of me? Um, and it could be going for a run. It, it could be a silent meditation. It could be talking to a friend. But what does that part of me need? You know, from the time we're children in this society, often we are overscheduled and overcommitted. And we just, we haven't learned how to carve out time, the downtime that we need just to assimilate what's happening in our lives. And I think going off of that, when you're trying to, if you could recognize maybe the emotion that you're having, which I think already in itself is such an important aspect. And I feel like at least for me, I'm just kind of getting there when something happens, at least instead of waiting like 
an hour and a day and, and be like, wow, yesterday, I can't believe that happened. It's more of in the moment. I can't believe I'm feeling this way. That investigation piece that you're talking about of maybe you have to start uh, do a meditation or, or going for a walk. I'm curious what you think on when someone can feel a certain emotion and they just feel so lost of like, I don't want to feel this right now. And I know it's human nature too, but the fact that I'm so aggravated right now, what are ways that I can go about investigating? Can I start getting away from this thought and emotion? Because this is not who my identity is. I know it's a human emotion that I will feel and I, I have to feel it at sometimes, but how do you start that investigation? Yeah, it's really, we want to be careful that the investigation isn't overruling or just a mental activity to ascribe meaning to to mm. the emotion that I'm feeling, right? So it's how do I quiet the system? And and first of all, you know, with emotions, it's often better out than in. And, and we want to try to do it in a way that causes the least harm to ourselves and others as possible. We often think our arms and our legs are going to fall off, right? If we go cry in a corner or <laughs> pound a pillow or whatever it is, you know, the gym's an effective um, place to get emotion out. But what we want to notice is, are we turning thoughts over in our head? Is there a lot of rumination? Am I replaying? I should have said, where is the blaming occurring and things like that. And, and what we really want to do is, is just feel it and just allow ourselves to be with it. And that can be inconvenient. If I'm sitting in the middle of a conference room and something, a part in me gets hurt, I, I'm obviously not, probably not going to sit there and cry. Um, but can I excuse myself and go to the bathroom and work through, you know, what I'm feeling? Or can I go out and walk around the block? But it's really, really important not to push away right? So that's, that's, the, we have aversion, pushing away things, emotions, sensations, feelings, etc. And we have grasping, you know, where we want more things that are pleasurable in our lives, right? So we want the next achievement, the what, you know, the whatever. And what's important is to recognize it and, and be kind to ourselves in that investigation and just notice without ascribing meaning what's happening in the body. I'm sad. It, I feel tingly. Um, it feels round. It feels fiery. It feels whatever. And just being with what's there. The way to open the next door is always through. I love that. I love that so much. And I'm curious for you, when you were making this transition into, okay, you, you've been like the CEO, you've had some crazy achievements in your life too. Let me start going down this path. And someone, if, if someone came up to you at that point and was like, hey, like if you can accept and recognize these thoughts, like that's such a massive step and it's, it could be so healthy for your body and your mind. Do you think you would have taken that like lightly as far as, okay, or I don't know if I fully can see that improving my life? Like, I'm curious what you think about that. I know now you're in a state where it sounds like it truly is so beneficial and so powerful. And I could definitely see that. But what, what, what do you think? of someone just coming out of like this kind of corporate America? You know, it's like any practice. It doesn't matter what we're trying to learn. It's just taking a few steps. So, hmm. you know, can I sort of sit down and, you know, just say, I'm going to be mindful and <laughs> this is how it goes. And it's like, you know, no more than you can say, 
you know, and now I'm skinny or now I've got big muscles or, you know, what it's, <laughs> it's a practice and practices accumulate because we're building new habits. Right. And if you had said, Hey, Leanne, 10 years ago, could you imagine that you'd have a meditation sitting that's, you know, 40 minutes nearly every day. And it's almost wow. as if you couldn't imagine life without it. Right. Um, I, I would say that you were crazy, but over time it accumulates and something begins to see that, that, that sets up my day, for example. Right. And so, you know, in the last five-ish years of a very demanding corporate career, it was important for me to sit every day. It's it's set up my day and my deal with myself, my habit that I worked on developing was I get up two hours before any conference call. And that would give me the time to have a sitting, have my cup of coffee, you know, relax, sort of organize my day. And then I would jump in and, you know, I had conference calls at seven o'clock in the morning, but without that time, I would have a very different day than if I took the time to sit down. So five minutes, can I bring presence to a couple of my tasks driving home? Can I uh, sit and can I just take three bites of lunch without looking at my phone or my computer just mindfully, right? There's all sorts of ways to practice in life and it, and it accumulates over time, right? We can see what can be eliminated often from the day. We often get energy back because uh, we're not spending time ruminating and gossiping and, you know, doing things that tend to happen in the hallways of a, of a company because um, I see that it's, that I'm leaking energy when I do that. And so we, we start, getting time back and putting it into things that are more uh, self-nurturing. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious of what your thoughts are on gratitude, like practices of gratitude, because I feel like it can go off of a, a pretty big tangent. I mean, just gratitude in itself. And I feel like we can cover an entire episode of just gratitude. But I'm curious for you, how how has that played a role in these practices that you've been doing and how has it shaped the way or, or changed your life over these past couple of years or even longer yeah. than that? It's um, gratitude is huge. And I think the reason for that is that it opens the heart. Mm. And so we'll go back to the driving situation. You know, that person was my teacher that was driving, you know, oh, so slowly in front of me. And can I hold a good wish? for that person amidst the uh, friction that I'm feeling inside. Thank you for being my teacher. You've helped, you've helped me teach patience today, right? If impatience is embargoed upon me, can I say, thank you for showing me when I'm impatient, what it feels like. And can I really begin to embody that gratitude? Because as I allow myself to feel that gratitude, it also opens me to the next thing that to learn, right? Um, more teachers appear. Um, and my capacity to have an open heart and to be open to what's happening in the moment grows, I'll say. And gratitude is a, a big part of um, presence. Yeah. And, it, and that makes sense. I feel like gratitude, it's like people recognize you should have gratitude. You should work towards that. But in the moment, it actually becomes a lot harder than it is because you'll look at some sort of event that has happened and you could say, oh, did I show gratitude? And you 
might have been like no not at all yeah. but like a quick hello to someone or just uh, saying hi when you're passing someone or just helping someone when when something has fallen i feel like we take for granted that so much in life because at the end of the day like life is so much about community and people because like we're trying to work together in some sense and these small acts of kindness can, can help gratitude but I think even even bigger what you're talking about too is like just gratitude with yourself. Okay. I feel like there's so much hate talk almost of, oh, you can be doing better. You can be doing more. But when you look back at maybe your day, or your week or your month, you've actually accomplished so much. And I feel like that's like we're missing the mark a lot on that. Yeah. You know, often I think gratitude is a reflective exercise and, you know, keeping a gratitude journal. And again, we shouldn't think of any of these practices as forever. So can I keep a gratitude um, journal for one week and just see what shows up, right? And what realizations do I have about gratitude? And oftentimes, you know, we're looking for the big gestures in life, right? The things that really wake us up. And I think sometimes when we keep a gratitude journal, it, you know, it could be, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for my cat today. <laughs> it, was, it might have been the one thing that I perceived loved me. And so, you know, we, we, we start seeing the scale of things. And I think that's why the practice of gratitude is so important because I begin to notice what opens my heart. What did I miss in the moment? You know, I, I couldn't say thank you to that you know, driver initially, but wow, upon further reflection, I can, you know, we see that we become conscious, we wake up to what's happening around us. It can be in the moment, or it might be, you know, a reflection that we have about something that, try, you know, a new emerging of something in my heart was something that happened at some other time, point in time in the day or my life or, you know, something like that. I think to your point, though, about, you know, smiling at somebody in the grocery store, that's really our, that's presence, right? So if we're there in the moment and we're awake, right, smiling and just saying hello can wake somebody up who's in their habitual, this job is drudgery and can't wait to go home. And, um, you know, they might be stuck in their negative emotions, and, you know, your big smile and saying hello and asking them how they're doing might be the thing that wakes them up and gives them that moment of consciousness in their day. And that's really powerful stuff. It really is. Like when I, if I'm walking through the food store and, and someone just smiles at me, I feel like some people might take it a, a bit creepy depending on like how big the smile is. Because I mean, I guess that that can also be a bit creepy. But to me, it kind of wakes me up and say, oh, wow, like I, I'm a human. I'm going through the grocery store instead of, okay, let me go through this list because then I have to cook and then I have to do this. So it, it does allow you to like slow down a bit and be like, oh, wow, that, that was that was, that was was really nice. But I, I really did want to touch on, you mentioned journaling. And I've heard about journaling in the past, especially for like gratitude. And I, I just have a question on, what kind of practice, I guess, do you follow or do you recommend people following that are, that are trying to get into it? Because I actually never heard what you just mentioned of, you should maybe just do it for a week and just see how it is. Because most of the time, I think of when you're practicing something, you try to set something up for the long term. Okay, how do I journal for the rest of my life? And it's really hard because at that point, you most of the time don't jump in or you get stressed out. And I think the other problem I've seen with journaling is when I've sat down to put stuff what I'm grateful for, because to me, I have so much to be grateful for, 
but they'll put very vague stuff or very generalized stuff of I'm happy and grateful that I was able to have food today, uh, such a loving family, such great friends. And I feel like I started repeating a lot of the same big ones. And I'm just curious of how how you kind of go through journaling on either a daily or weekly basis. Yeah. So journaling for me has been an off and on exercise. And there's been points where I want to capture what's happening or I want to go deeper. I want to be able to go back and reflect and go deeper and deeper and deeper. And so rarely has journaling ever been a daily practice for me. And my journaling, I write a lot of questions down, you know, what does it mean to rest in the unknown? You know, I'll hear something or I'll read something and I just want to be with it for a while and kind of let it unfold. So my journaling has has looked like that in many cases. There's other times where I'll have to work a little bit with that resisting force that shows up and set uh, and actually set an intention. I'm going to journal for seven days straight just to see what shows up. And we're going to do that as soon as we wake up. And so I'll do a set of morning pages. You want to be kind with yourself. So we don't want to let the parts off the hook. Like It's often very productive to try something that we're resisting, right? Mm -hmm. So notice oftentimes when, you know, when there's a willingness to do something, it's because we're associating that there's going to be a pleasant feeling tone to it, right? It's something that we want um, or something that we're trying to achieve or acquire. Um, And so often there's a lot to be learned in the resisting force around what we don't want to do. So what in me doesn't want to journal and pick a time frame that's just uncomfortable enough, you know, seven days, 10 days, whatever, right? Of not eating sugar or uh, journaling, you know, whatever it is and notice what comes out of that resisting force. Yeah, that that resisting force, I feel like I deal so much with it. Recently, I'm recognizing a lot more because the other day I was trying to figure out a way of like, why do I feel so lazy? And my, I feel like my mind and body was like, oh, it's okay. Just like keep sitting and keep being bored and like keep like watching TV when clearly like doing that is not going to help you. But my body wants to do that realistically. I was I had a thought of I should probably go for a walk or a run to get my get some sunshine to just move my body. But then that thought quickly moved away and all these other thoughts kind of came in. And trying to I feel like most people have this initial thought that is good for you, but then it gets like filtered away. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how do you find the strength to like hold on to that initial good thought and say, you know what, like I should journal right now. I told myself I would. Let, let me actually sit down and do it instead of, well, I can do it in like a week or two weeks. I don't know if you've struggled with that at all. Yeah, the disease of manana. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, all the time, all the time. <laughs> okay. And our, um, you know, we're three centered beings. We have a, you know, a mental or a thinking center. We have an emotional center and we have our body. And, you know, the body seeks pleasure. It's, it's, you know, it's the lounge lizard in many cases. So just being aware, what's the resisting force of, oh, my body's really comfortable. It's really warm right now and it's raining outside and da, 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 da. And then notice what shows up in the mind. You know, where do the justifiers show up? Oh, it's raining, but, you know, the weather's supposed to be good tomorrow. And, oh, if I run right now, then I have to do, I have to take a shower before I go to lunch with my friend and, uh, right? And it's just all these justifiers. And can we 
can we just see them for what they are and then make a choice as opposed to just giving, oops, excuse me, giving into them and notice and accept when we fail. Just notice. I couldn't do it. My parts got in in the way of whatever my intention was. And notice when things show up, but the mind takes over. So maybe not going for a run that day because you sprained your ankle the day before is the smarter thing to do. Hmm. So notice that it also works in reverse, which is also just another form of self-harm. So could I say, yes, I went running for seven days in a row. Yes. Did it cause me more harm? Yes. So that's probably not a good decision either, right? Um, So we see that it can work either way. The idea is that we see our parts, that we get to know ourselves and how the machine works so that we can have some level of dominion. We begin to build some level of dominion over our parts. That makes a lot of sense. And that failure piece is interesting to me. Like it stands out quite a lot because my mentality before used to be, okay, if I try meditation in the morning and say, I, I try to do it for 10 minutes and I get to five minutes because I, for some reason, didn't silence my phone. I got a ping. I have to go to it and I've failed almost. And then I guess the previous state was, okay, let me take that failure and say, well, I already failed at the beginning of the day. So might as well just not keep up with anything else because I failed the day and kind of going and recognizing that that's okay because you should like you should have failures through life because it's just we're not perfect and that's fine and it's exactly what you mentioned just like recognizing that and say okay the next thing you do you don't have to fail like it's not a failure day it's just you've failed and that's fine and you probably learn from that next time you got to silence your phone and i just really like how you mentioned that because it's an overlooked thing i think we look at in our lives because so much of what we do is either success or failure, like you mentioned before, like black or white. And it really doesn't have to be that way. That's right. Every moment is an opportunity to begin to, to begin again, if I'm there to begin again, right? If I have the presence to begin again. I love that so much. Well, Leanne, I would love to like keep talking, but I, I want to make sure we can get to our like speed round, fire round questions because I'd love to hear your answers on them. So we ask these questions to every guest that come on. And so the first one is, what do you think people take for granted the most in life? Their time and their attention. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Second question I have is what is the single most important habit that you have that you think others should also adopt? So a habit that I have, although I'm, I'm always reluctant to should people, but a, a habit that I have that I continue to try to deepen is to keep my mind in question. And it's a place where I have success and failure every single day. And a way of doing that is when your mind has a a thought is asking if it's true. So if you find yourself stuck, is it true? Is it true that that pa- that person doesn't like me because they're being impatient with me? Probably not. But the mind has a story, right? And so keeping the mind in question, I think, is a really important habit to try to develop. And, and wow. that happens through having an active attention to what's transpiring. Um, in the moment. I love that. That That's so great. So Leanne, I want to make sure I give some time. If people want to connect with you, what is kind of the best way for them to reach out to you or stay connected in any sort of way? 
Yeah, they can go to my website and it's my name. So Leanne, L-I-A-N-N-E-J Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N at dot com. And my email is exactly the same, but it's at gmail.com. And they can reach out to me anytime they'd like. That's incredible. And also, Liam, we can we can talk about, uh, we have like show notes in each episode, so we can throw that in the description. So if people are interested, they really like the conversation today, they can they can uh, have a conversation with Leanne directly when she has time and space for it. But thank you again, Leanne, for, for coming on. It's been so great. I really, really appreciate you taking the time for today. Thank you, Ryan. It's been really great being with you today. I appreciate it. <laughs>